Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at nativeyogacenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. I'm happy to bring to you Laura Olson, and the topic of today's conversation is where the magic lives and the balance between ritual and spontaneity. And Laura has a website called alifedelectable.com. She's a chef, and she's also an Ashtanga yogi. Uh, She's a multi-talented writer, artist, teacher. She's at heart a spiritual foodie. Those are her words. And it's her mission to spread the delectable word. Uh, Check her out on her website. You can also find her on the Instagram at Laura Ann Olson, which is at L-A-U-R-A-N-N-O-L-S-O-N. You can also find her on Facebook, Laura Olson. All right, let's get started. I'm so excited to have Laura Olson here with us today. Laura, how you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. You're up in New York, correct? I am. I'm up in the Catskills, um, in upstate New York, right now. Nice. How we're we're in November right now, pre-Thanksgiving when we're recording this. How how's the weather for you up there? You know, it's dry and cold and windy. It's a little lots of deranging up here right now, but <laughs> very, very beautiful. <laughs> I bet. I he- I've never been to the Catskills, but I hear it's really amazing up there. Yeah, I love it. I didn't think I would. I got dragged here from the city, um, but now I just love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's really cool. I'm excited to have an opportunity to speak with you. I met you a few years back doing a teacher training together out in California with Tim Miller. And I was really impressed and amazed at your fortitude with the practice. And it was really an honor to get uh, to have the chance to practice with you. And so I'm excited to, to catch up here and just kind of um, ask you a few questions regarding, I guess the subject that I want to focus on today or ask you about is... Um, where the magic lives, uh, <laughs> ritual and spontaneity. And, you know, being you're an Ashtanga yoga practitioner and you've been practicing for quite a long time, correct? When did you start practicing yoga and or Ashtanga? I think I started yoga around 2000 um, with some vinyasa type stuff, which I don't even remember exactly what lineage. It would have been in even would be influenced, but not exactly. And then around 2002, I found Ashtanga. And fortunately, by then, I had figured out what yoga was about and stopped wearing with the hooded tights and leopards, which hung over from my dance days. I was a super nerd at the beginning. Um, but yeah, like around 2002, I found Ashtanga as part of a teacher training, and I just never stopped doing it every day. Nice. And was that in New York or New York City? It was in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my training at a place called New York Yoga, and um, there were several lineages being taught as part of that, and we had kind of an immersion in Ashtanga for the final six or eight weeks, and I just I found myself there. Nice. That's cool. And... Are you still currently, like, do you practice a couple days a week, six days a week? What kind of routine do you keep going these days? Oh, that's interesting because it ebbs and flows a little depending. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of injuries in the past few years that sort of seemed to spiral in on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was practicing a lot less. There was a time I really wasn't allowed to practice. The tennis elbow kind of was the final straw because... I just couldn't put any weight on it. So that was a dark time because I don't function well without it. Oh, man, Um, I hear you. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) Uh, Right now, I feel pretty great, and I'm practicing five or six days. 
as often as I can. I do that. Yeah. And, but I found some flexibility. I think I allow life to come in as it needs to with a little more grace than I used to. Nice. I hear ya. I think that's kind of the beauty of getting a little bit older, don't you think? It is. and But it doesn't come without great, you know, like struggle and effort in the meantime. <laughs> like finding balance is the thing for me. It always takes work. I hear so, you. So, yeah. But it feels good. I'm also not practicing as long as I used to have had super long practices up to three hours. Right. And right now it's much shorter. I just get on there and do my business and what makes sense that day and move the energy and then move along. And I feel, I feel a little freer. Nice. For that. Awesome. Do you think that, how important do you think the regiment of the sequencing and the series were for you for learning? Or do you think that if someone presented to you this idea of like what you're doing right now, like, Hey Lord, just hop on your mat and do what feels good for you and then be done. Do you, do you think that that regiment was critical or, um, too strong? You know, I think it was critical. Um, and I mean, was it, there are two sides to it. It was critical in hooking me in. It's, my psyche just really it was walked right in on that and knew exactly what to do with it um and i felt like if i just followed all the directions that i would that's where i thought i would find the magic if i did everything that they told me Mm. then the recipe would come out like baking as opposed to cooking yeah and i think what i started out being able to think about Oh, should I do this today or should I not? Or is it what series is it? Or should I leave this pose out? I would have, I am up in my head anyway, and it would have just exacerbated that. Uh-huh. So I think it was really good for me. Yeah. Um, and good for a lot of people. Uh, but it took me a little longer than I might have liked to allow or to, to allow and or to listen to my body mm. more. Mm-hmm. And energies and find wisdom there rather than just like not doing a twist because I ate too much dinner or something stupid or yeah. I felt that I did, even if it was just some kind of something in the back of my psyche. Mm. So um, I think, yeah, that that regimen at the beginning is pretty critical because you just kind of yake them the way to any your way through the thing and you find some rhythm and it's settles the thing into your just your whole muscle memory and energy and flow of the week it gives you I think that gives you freedom at first so that you don't have to I agree overthink yeah yeah absolutely and there is that thrill of the getting to the next place and or that next challenge that <clears throat> definitely feeds the, the excitement factor it does so much, and I've always wondered if that's completely a good thing. But <laughs> I know that's kind I of lo- me too, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, cause you you want it, you want it, you want it, you want it, and after a while, I wondered if I just wanted it too much. Probably sometimes, and sometimes not. But it's also a really intense practice, and it requires great effort. And organizing your life in a very particular way and getting up so early in the morning, mm. doing it no matter what you feel like. And it would be very hard to do that if you weren't excited about the next thing. Yeah. Um, and now, no one can be excited about the right now thing and not care if there's anything next. And I don't know if there is anything next for me anymore. I'm not sure, but um, That's I can a, be excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. No, you're. you're I, I want. I was. Agree, I wanted to agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easier to kind of settle down into. Wow, this Vatakanasana is so delicious today. Where did that come from? <laughs> As opposed to, I can do the Vatakanasana. Why am I allowed to put my legs behind my head? Or, you know. Yes, that's a great. Uh, but 
That's a great point. It took a while, though. I mean, almost 20 years. <laughs> I hear you. That makes me um, think that if they're... Yeah, well, that's a good point. I mean, I like how you said, I, I'm not sure if there's more on the table for me. There might be. So I appreciate that you kind of are keeping that door open because I feel like that's something that when you say we just go, okay, I'm going to do like this amount today. And then you go, that was really amazing. It felt great. And I don't feel like I had to push myself too hard. And I really enjoyed the whole experience. And um, then that thought pops up of like, but maybe I should try to get back to where I was, you know, what I was doing. And, you know, and there's that wavering kind of every now and again of, you know, should I try to push again or should I? Um, but lately yeah. I haven't really felt that drive either. Like lately I just yeah. haven't felt that real drive to like, and every now and again I'll go, all right, let me go for it today. And then afterward I'm like, I don't know if I really, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And, and it feels good, but I guess I, I wrestle with that sometimes like that. I, I can, am I softening or am I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> would that be bad? Could I that be bad? Exactly with me too. I really was, you know, I was kind of an anxious, shy, not powerful presence for a very long time. And I felt mm. so strong. Like when I would be able to accomplish something in the Ashtanga, mm. it just made me feel really, I don't know, it just, it made me feel like more myself and I could just mm. take that and run with it. But, um, softening into it that might be that might be the end game there because mm. keeping it for the long haul what can you do with softness that before you did with muscle mm. or fire um, and I think the fire also makes me feel good but some balance of the thing I think the pandemic has really helped with that Yeah, somehow because nobody's looking yeah. That's a good point. Just just doing the full self self independent practice. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Like not like just like now that we're all kind of self practicing alone in our homes yeah. mostly, that, 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 that does change it big time, doesn't it? It does. Even if you know, as teachers we practice alone a lot anyway. While I was teaching I was doing that, but it feels different right now. Yeah. And I'm kind of a performer, in case you didn't notice when you met me. <laughs> I did <laughs> catch a little stuff. bit of that. I, I, I caught on to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, you know, both performance energy that's fun and performance anxiety in front of teachers. Yeah. So that always made it a stronger practice. And I didn't know if what I did on my own without that extra anxiousness was enough mm. and I think I've now just done it alone for so long and I don't know if I even want anybody to look at it that I <laughs> I can get I can get the energy going and also be like oh yeah this is this is a good amount of like force versus I don't know I, I'm kind of making this hand gesture that's like a net underneath it like, like bounce and um just like strong, soft, resilient yeah. effort. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Do when is the, well, we're, oh, where are we? We are like eight or nine months in a pandemic right now. So yeah. um, <clears throat> when was the last time you were in a large group or a group, not necessarily large, you know, a group of say five or six or more people, practicing together is that something you're able to do now is that available to you or is that off the is that no it's off the table for me yeah um i uh not believe i'm going to show this out loud on the web but this is the thing about me i don't have much of an immune system i just don't make immunity and never have mm. so i've had to really isolate yeah and Maybe the last time I had a group practice, it's funny, was in Florida. I took my dad to Florida. 
Mm. And made him vacation with me, and I went to the Miami Life Center. Cool. We had a couple of practices in the beginning of March. Nice. Then flew home, locked myself in the house. And never <laughs> yeah, I've never left. No, I'm kidding. I I, I hear you. Yeah. So, you know, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So, like eight months. I hear you. Yeah. And <clears throat> so then it sounds though like you're feeling pretty okay with that. Like, like in a good way, like, it, it, like you're enjoying practice and not feeling, are, is there a part of you that is eager to have that, you know, community vibe experience? Or are you feeling like not, n- not necessarily needing that? Where, where do you, where do you, feel, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a bubble party who we will sometimes get to practice together when both of our families are locked down enough. Yep. We can just have a duo practice, yep. and that changes everything. It makes everything hopeful. Yeah, um, that's cool. The full group practice, you know, getting in a room with people sounds nice. I love people. I am very social, and I yep. maybe never knew that before Ashtanga either, but mm. I like to be among other humans, and I do miss that. Yeah. I also need to be kind of a workshop and classroom addict. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I need to go back to that. Mm. Yeah. It was probably good for me. I hear you. That's there. Uh, just being around people and just doing the practice without even talking is, is a, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I hear you. Well, that other breath. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling hopeful that yeah. we're going to turn a corner and, it might be a while, like it might take some, some more time here, but I, I feel hopeful that we are all gonna, we're all going to be back doing those things again. I, I don't think this is going to be forever. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think it might change certain things for a very long time. Yeah. And some of those things aren't that bad. I mean, I have to be honest. I sound all happy and hopeful now, and I am. I'm here talking to you and my bubble <laughs> buddy and... I did a lot of good things, and I taught a lesson this morning, but um, yeah. at the beginning, it was more scary, it was more unknown, yeah. it yeah. was newly isolating, there was no rhythm, yeah. that was very hard. Um, yeah. Right now, I think some of the things going on might change things for me for the better, and, you know, I, like, cook a lot more and more creatively, and that's always mm. been a passion of mine, but whoever has time with running around in the world and eating out. On the other hand, I really look forward to sitting down in a restaurant with some friends and laughing together and having that feel okay. Um, I feel the same way about the practice. It's so good to make myself find the rhythm just for myself again. Mm. Um, But when I can get in a room with some other energies, that's always magical. I do look forward to that. And I think, I think it's coming. I think it's just longer than we had thought. Yeah, I agree. I know. I remember <clears throat> right around in March, um, we had had a trip scheduled for July, and I thought it's March. I mean, that's months away. I mean, <laughs> of course we're going to be going and doing that. And then, and then you know, then then you kind of we realized no, that's that's not going to happen. You I know, know. When you mentioned cooking, because I remember you were really you had expressed how much you enjoyed cooking when I met you, and. Um, how much do you feel like, you know, in the yoga world, we have this element where we go into a room, we practice together and or get a little bit of feedback. Um, and and it sounds like you've been able to go from having like following a recipe in terms of following a sequence to being able to um, alter the recipe maybe a little bit to adjust and suit where you're at. From the cooking side, have you had a similar journey in relation to like, were you just a full on recipe follower in the beginning? And do you experiment now where you just say, well, it calls for this amount. Let me try throwing this in instead. How do you see similarities there or? Completely. So I started off as a person who could, you know, burn a salad. I really didn't cook at all. Uh I was terrible. Just like in college, <laughs> sharing ramen noodles out of the pot with my one friend and maybe not making them right. <laughs> that, that was like <laughs> your gourmet meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. <laughs> and then 
you know, I started, my mom bought me a quick bread book and I just started by making like corn muffins. Mm. I really started with the baking because if I followed it exactly, it would come out Mm. and I couldn't cook at all. Now, you know, as time went on, I started messing around with recipes and making them what I wanted in the pandemic. This was never my way. I was always the person to go get all the fancy ingredients and maybe alter them a little, but start with a plan. Yeah. In the pandemic, at the very beginning, I loaded up my fridge. And, um, I didn't even have cupboards at the time. I just had all these Tupperware bins in my attic of like pantry. <laughs> and I, um, I was hiding root vegetables in the closet, so uh-huh. I would just go see what was going to go bad. Yeah. Soonest. And make something out of it. Nice. And that was never my way, but I made some amazing meals and I was so proud of myself. And I thought that that was a great skill, like almost like depression era cooking, but with much mm. fancier ingredients because that's how I roll. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. It was a, it was a, both a stressful and a fun project just to use up what needed to be eaten and make it both healthy and delicious and not feel deprived. I hear right, ya. the same thing with the practice. Like, not feel deprived of the one pose I can no longer do because of whatever's going on, mm. but enjoy what's there. Yeah, that's a really great point. I hear. You. I think um, from the food angle, uh, I, I haven't really gotten to that point yet where I just see what I have and throw it in and, and hope for the best. Uh, I, I still, I'm still at that phase where I, I get all the ingredients and go exactly part by part. And my wife will make fun of me because I have to time everything and set it exactly <laughs> like, you know, and she never does. And somehow it always tastes better. And, and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, I want, I want to get a little bit more spontaneous like that. And I, but I, I do find that with the yoga element, um, I almost like have to consciously encourage myself to be spontaneous. I feel like after so many years of following the ritual, like I'll have to really kind of give myself a nudge to, to be a little, to try to be a little bit more spontaneous. Um, do, Do you have any tricks or tips or things that you think are a good way to really, not that necessarily mixing it up is the goal, but just maybe to keep it fresh so that you do feel excited. You know what? I don't, uh, it's interesting. I don't really, I don't shake things that far up. I Mm. just kind of allow if something comes to me, I do that. But also it really all came out of injury Mm. and working around them. And I could only, and I still kind of doing this. Like I have some stuff that's just coming back. I still have the tennis elbow. I can only do so many vinyasas. Mm -hmm. What, how many arm balances are in this versus what is really working on my body. So for a while I was just doing parts of series yeah. and I started putting parts of series together cause I needed more practice. And mm. then right now I can do enough of each series that I can largely just do that if I want and make it feel satisfying enough. Mm. But if it just feels like I want to do some days I just want to do Ekapadaraja Kabotasa before I put my legs behind my head in seconds. And <laughs> yeah. That would have been, I mean, I, I hope I don't get, you know, called out for this, but it felt really dangerous. I was like, oh, are you really going to do that? Mm. But um, I just allow a little of the delicious things that I so love yeah. to infiltrate when they just come to me. Yeah. That's, what I do yeah, and also the days of the week thing I mean I think when I was learning all the different series the days of the week were super important because it both keeps you honest and helps you put a thing into your body because you do the same thing every day yeah. and then you get the other series on the end but yeah. the new things you're learning are all together that you're working on them so they kind of settle in Yeah, but um, so I think that that's very important for a while right now, you know, sometimes I just, I don't need uh second series on a Sunday or first mm. series on a Friday, mm. whatever that day needs. I think after, I guess it's been 18 years, I feel like I should be able to trust myself with that. Um, 
I don't know if that's true. I don't know what, a, you know, a long time teacher, much longer than myself would say to that. Mm. It's just kind of what I feel. I feel like maybe there's some wisdom finally creeping in. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be a, a point where it all makes perfect sense to be done any which way we feel is appropriate in that moment. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. I, think, I, I know I hear you when you, when you said, I hope I don't get called out. There always is that little in the back of the mind thing of like, you know, will will someone judge me because I, you know, practice spontaneity and, um, right. which got kind of hammered in there somewhere early on prior to Ashtanga, I had gotten that hammered into me through Bikram yoga and you oh, know, yeah. Bikram was pretty mean about <laughs> saying that. And I, and I'd have no qualms about talking about how mean he was right in, 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 in public. Um, because like he, he really, um, was like, this is a recipe and this has to be done exactly the same way every single time. And if you take one little tiny ingredient out, then you'll, you, you won't get the desired results at the end. It has to be done exactly like this. No change to it whatsoever. And if anything gets changed in it, it's not real yoga. And, right. um, that's kind of, that's kind of brutal. Now, now, like, now I feel safe to say that that's, that's a little bit controlling. That's, that's crazy in my opinion now. But at the time I, I was eating, I was eating it up. I was like, and, but what that really did was created this sort of mind frame of that. Oh, now I'm doing the perfect thing. And everybody else outside of this is clearly doesn't know what's going on. Like they, mm. they're not doing the real deal. And that's, I mean, I'm thankful for having gone through that because now I can see how destructive that can be as well and, and where that led. You know, if we follow like what the, if we've continued the, the line down the history of what actually, where, where all this, that has gone, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it seems clear now, but I guess I take that into um, similar places where when I'm following the series, I have a more respect from the Ashtanga angle, but I guess I'm trying to make sure I don't push pigeon uh, pigeonhole myself into only doing it this one certain way. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, you know, I think probably many Ashtangas are just uniquely, the way, reason they hook into Ashtanga is that they're kind of programmed to accept this idea of doing it right. Mm. And I think that can be good for establishing not even ritual and making magic, but just for routine, mm. for surely getting up and doing it. Mm. But then that strictness around it, yeah, A, the whole dogma thing from any angle. I don't mm. care if it's Bikram, Ashtanga, Kundalini, Diva mm. Mukti. I, I don't care what you label it. Any kind of very staunch food thing. Dogma, I don't find useful anymore. Mm. I'm programmed to go after it, and I I don't really approve of it mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and also as a teacher, like finally teaching more over the past number of years, you look at people um, coming to the practice newly with all their different you know stuff. Mm-hmm. Older, younger, already injured, but really wanting to do it. You know, different body shapes, different energies, different times of life, different like work and family obligations. And to me, it became so clear that the same exact thing is not appropriate mm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, holding certain people to the rules was good for them because they needed structure. And, you know, allowing freedom for other people was very important in order to make the practice suitable for them Mm. and help them rather than them organizing their whole life around it and the practice being the only thing and maybe being kind of deleterious to their physical and emotional health. Yeah. Good point. It's easier to see other people's stuff though than (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's a good observation as well. Why is that? 
Yeah, that that is a good point. I know. I hear you. I think. Um, I know. I, I in terms of ritual, I love ritual. I guess ritual and spontaneity and keeping the magic going. And it's almost like if there isn't the ritual first, there is no foundation for there to be magic, but then eventually the ritual can steal the magic somehow. And that's where the the spontaneity needs to be a part of the equation. Yeah, because you want to be able to keep doing this with genuine joy for a long time. I don't want it to be a thing I did for a while and then burned out on either physically or emotionally, I did need that super ritual to find how to make the magic on my own later. Mm. Um, that's kind of how it feels. And I even still question myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I question myself because there are so many people who have practiced so long, who started so young, yeah. who studied in such particular ways. I always feel like somebody does more. But I think, there is some magic in like looking inside and trying to really without um, resistance or laughing or I don't know, just yeah. um, like arguing against a thing. It's not, I, I love the order and the, um, the rules, I guess you could call them or um, kind of structures of Ashtanga. It's my practice. It's, probably always will be. Um, but yeah, like to find how to keep going with it, I had to allow it to expand a little. Nice. I hear ya. What is something that's come up for you recently that has made you feel vulnerable? Like the, has there been something in the yoga practice that, and I'm trying to think if you were to ask me the same question, like what, how would I answer this? Um, yeah, you first. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm going <laughs> to dig this hole first. <laughs> I guess I, I've, I've been listening to different conversations about the importance of, um, you know, allowing vulnerability to come into life and or practice. And I would say that, I know, gosh, right? I'm already going to stump myself. I should, wow, how did, why did I bring this up? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I guess something that I've been feeling vulnerable about lately is finding where I fit in the balance between with the pandemic and with being around people and being around my family and my loved ones and wanting safety for myself and for my family. And yet, um, interacting and and feeling like a little bit of fear occasionally like the fear pops up a little bit more for me like am I being too bold am I you know and and then I'll I'll retreat a little bit and then after retreating I'll kind of come out of my shell a little bit um I've been I've been finding that's where there's been I've been having some challenge to be honest uh so I feel that yeah. the 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 process though of um having a few people around me that aren't necessarily my blood family but I am seeing them so regular so so often on such a regular basis that I feel like they're my family now and I've almost treating them like they're my extended family so there's a certain level of trust that's coming by being around them regularly so I feel like my and originally, I know I'm going on here, originally when this all happened, I, I was nervous about giving my mom and dad a hug. And I live really close to my mom and dad and I see my mom and dad every day. So mm-hmm. I, I got I got like, you know, I need to protect them. And then at some point I just broke down and just started giving them hugs again because I couldn't, I, I just, couldn't take I, it. I couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. and, and so <laughs> I feel like that's slowly starting to, unfold a bit with with people outside of my family but yet I feel 
Yeah, I just feel it's been cha- it's just been a little challenging because I think we're all going through this. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody's boundaries are different with that. I mean, yeah. in regards to the pandemic, it was super strict for a long time. And uh, you know, my dad lives in Massachusetts. He's about four hours away, but he's really one of three top important people in my life. And we felt like we couldn't see each other. It was two and a half months or something. Maybe the longest I haven't seen him. And that was awful. And then driving to see him at that time, you know, we didn't know as much. um, And it was scary. It it was scary for me to leave my bubble. It was scary to me to possibly, I don't know how I was affecting him. And I locked it down so hard before I saw him be super careful and, and yeah I was scared for myself and for him and but it kind of opened up everything once I saw him mm. again that ebb and flow of seeing people I go through the same thing yep. but yep. right now in the northeast it just got really cold we tried to have people over for dinner the other night we bought one of those restaurant heaters recently yeah and it still just didn't cut it and we all stood outside in our parkas for half an hour and went home <laughs> yeah like there, like, there was, like there was that there was that thought that like let's try this but then it didn't feel you guys were just on edge a bit is that is that how it went it was down just freezing we were yeah, just cold yeah yeah we were, <laughs> we were just so cold and we stood right next to the heater but then you're like am i you know are we in each other's faces too much and i'm gonna see my dad really soon and yeah um yeah that's scary that the whole pandemic definitely makes me feel vulnerable but you know, I've come to a point with that where I just know we all have to find our own boundaries and be okay with the fact that they're all going to be different. Yeah. We have to allow people to have their own process. And even if what they're doing seems crazy to you, either in too strict or not strict enough, it's still their side of the yoga mat. Mm. Um, but I don't know if that makes me feel as vulnerable as just speaking my mind mm. in general, mm. just saying exactly what I think and having an opinion and standing firm in it in the mm. world, either with Ashtanga and yoga in general, yeah. or with you know my different relationships and people, um, yeah. or with the pandemic and saying to someone, hey, I love you, I've missed you so much, we're going to have to stand a little further away. Yeah. That makes me feel very vulnerable, this people-pleasing yeah. thing. Yeah is part of my, <laughs> it's part of what hooked me into our sangha. You can completely do that. Yeah. You can just do everything right yeah. and feel like you're following all the rules and everything's going to be okay. And um, I feel like the pandemic has pointed out more than anything that people pleasing isn't always, you know, a, uh, it's not just, it's just not always the way to go. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. hard to, Speak your mind with care for other people and integrity without flipping out in any direction. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think when we touch upon these subjects, it 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 does give me this feeling that we're we're somehow be getting we're, we're uh, improving, like we're somehow getting these incredible lessons, even though it just mm. really sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It does. I want to come over there and sing with you now. <laughs> <laughs> Do some Hanuman Chalisa for sure. <laughs> yeah. I know. You have Laura. to play. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh man, I hear Lori. Well, I know I, I um I think though that this is why I've I enjoy doing these having conversations like this because um I someone had uh, helped me out with getting this gear to to get this podcast going right when this all started happening in March and and I um I feel like it's almost for you know lack of a better term it's almost been like therapeutic to to be able to reach out and, and chat with other people in other places that are that I know love the yoga and have found great benefit from the yoga and um so I I really enjoy this opportunity um what else do you where all right so you've been practicing for 20 years and you've had this little evolution happen where you you know were real focused now giving yourself a little space then the next 20 years if things have only really gotten better at least 
I know, you know, there's been a few bumps in the road, but for the most part, it sounds to me like you're feeling like you're really digging yoga still. Yeah. How, how, how could it be better? Like what could happen that can make it better? Like a full Kundalini rising, you know, like, <laughs> like oh energetic gosh, element or, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's important to try to think you know, how would things, how could yoga even get better 20 years from now? Like 20 years from now, if we have this conversation again and we'll go, oh my gosh, it has gotten better. Um, is that because we just got softer and softer and softer? <laughs> like in a good maybe. way. Yeah, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe. I, you know, I don't know about that Kundalini, you know, thing. <laughs> I wish for that. That would be amazing, but I don't, around yeah i don't know if i i don't know if i see those things for myself if it happened it would be amazing and a big surprise i feel like there are those people who are going for that big hammer mm -hmm. to evolve and i'm just kind of clicking along the slow chisel way yeah, yeah. but i'm sort of proud of myself for staying the course because mm. it has been really hard over the years and I think, I mean, the past two years have been some of the harder times. It's both getting older and reaching a certain point that way. In addition to, I've used my body really intensely since I was five years old. It's mm -hmm. a long time. I was, a, um, I was a dancer, and that wasn't terribly kind to my body. And there are some parts about Ashtanga that I don't also think are terribly kind, but are very excited by and yeah. so went at full force and then some of those things felt like they were completely taken away from me and I almost felt like I just couldn't even move mm -hmm. so I hear you uh, I hear you the that's, idea that's so crazy to like stand at the top of the mat and go oh, dude I'm in so much discomfort how am I going to do yeah. this yeah yeah like, yeah. or what do I even do that's <laughs> yeah. not going to exacerbate anything so I'm not mm -hmm. hurting myself by doing the practice? Or how do I feel like myself without that mm. in the practice or even in my day? How do I? Yeah. And then right now I feel like I found a semblance of that, but is it going to be in a constant giving up of things as you go along or is it that some things come back and are just there sometimes? I think if I, if I could see the next 20 years and the evolution I hope for inside is just more and more comfort with myself because mm. I've always been very uncomfortable in my skin. Mm. I think I feel things very intensely. I'm incredibly kinesthetic. Um, everything just feels so much like my mother hated to dress me as a child because I couldn't stand to feel the seams of clothing. Uh -huh. <laughs> you can only imagine terrible <laughs> child. <laughs> but I still have some things that feel similar to that. I want to just be comfortable yes. in my skin, no matter yes. which poses feel good or don't feel good, or how much of it I'm doing in a day. And over time, of course, you know you're not going to do the same thing at 80 as you did at 30. So yeah. if I can be comfortable with those changes as they come along, but like I said, I think before a little bit like gracefully manipulate the change not or gracefully go through the changes, mm. that will be a big win. I hope that the practice just becomes a thing that, you know, like part of me and there for me without me having to have any judgment over yeah. it. I think that's hard to get to while still getting up in the early morning and making yourself mm. do it. Yeah. I, I like though that you, you laid that out like that because it feels like to have some vision of where we would like for it to go. And that was very, I think your, your hope sounds, it sounds practical it sounds to me like a practical goal that, that, um, so I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that's also, I have a similar, similar vision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean it's easy. I'm not saying yeah, I, that's right. I'm not there. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. 
I agree with you. I, I think, and also, I, I also when you said that you, you know, in terms of voicing how you're thinking and feeling and feeling comfortable doing that, maybe that will be a part of it. I feel similar too. Like there's times where I just, you know, don't want to say what I'm thinking because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> and mm. um, so, on that similar element with with the yoga practice, I think that. Um, being able to come into my voice and also um, just enjoy the practice, two of those things together could, I do see how, you know, down the road that, that could equal uh, a deeper sense of fulfillment and or appreciation for it all. Yeah. yeah. Appreciation for what, again, like very similar to the pandemic, appreciation for what's good right now or yeah. being able to enjoy just the exact moment that you're in yes you know as humans we look forward we look back we a lot of thinking (laughs) a lot of thinking i might be overthinking it (laughs) well i'm not i don't know about you i know that i do i just i could worry a bone forever maybe that's (laughs) part of the evolution but a few more things go without gnawing at them so intensely (laughs) I hear you, Laura. I hear you. Oh man. Well, gosh, I, so I'm thinking, well, we got Thanksgiving. This, this will probably air post Thanksgiving, but pre the, you know, end of the year holidays, do you just plan to kind of be laying low and take it easy through January? Do you guys have any plans or are you, are you going to just kind of stay on the nice, like smooth, solid path here? Some yoga every day, keep cooking, be chill. I think it's mostly that. Yeah, cool. I I think it's mostly that. I've gone through a period where I wasn't. uh, I didn't have time to see my dad that much, so I hope to see him a little more. Yeah. But we don't have big. I hope we don't. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have a big gathering of any sort. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. It's also sad, but um, yeah, I have a lot of just stuff to do. Maybe being a homebody is good for a little while. And yeah, holding steady sounds nice for a minute. I hear you. I think like, you know, even though one one thing I was listening to in terms of like history and, you know, where as a country, but obviously, you know, globally too, but as a country where we've had to work together to try to get through some really tough times like the Great Depression, uh, Mm -hmm. World War II, um, there's been these moments in our history, uh, the pandemic in 1918, um, there's been these moments that we've obviously probably the whole country has felt similar to how we're feeling right now. This feeling like it's not going to change. It's, it's just going to stay stuck like this. But I mean, and granted, this is going to be a tricky time because this is when everybody gets together and does the family thing. And there's so many holidays all kind of clumped in together that to, to, to maybe have a, uh, a different way of doing it might really be challenging. But then ultimately, if it's the next year that we do it, surely we're, it's going to be so much more exciting and, and appreciative. So I think that even though we might have to kind of hunker down together in the sense like of, of, you know, being strong, I think though that could really come out of this that's going to be positive is just an overall appreciation for going, you know, back into or living those events and those um, gatherings again. Yeah. I um, I think that that is really hard for people to see it as like taking care of each other mm. rather than just depressively staying home or living in fear. Yep. It's kind of, it's kind of all about the framing, yep. which I'm only periodically good at. But it is how you frame it for yourself. And, you know, there have been times, another time that was really hard was 9-11. I was in New York for that. That was a very scary time. But I all of a sudden felt like I was in a much wider community where Mm. before it was every New Yorker for themselves. Uh Um, During that time, I began to feel sort of in it together with people. And I... I never really felt that go away in the city after that. Mm. It was um, it was really different. And maybe, I don't know, we haven't gotten there completely yet as a country, but maybe we can, or as a global community. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's definitely a hopeful vision, right? That we'll, we'll get pressed 
and we're going to come out stronger together. I hope. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, Laura, well, I'm so thankful for you to take time out of your day. And, and I know we've, um, we've had a couple of bumps in our schedule to, to make this happen. And, and I'm so excited that we finally did. I really enjoyed talking with you and I hope that we can do this again sometime. And, um, uh, I'm glad that you're well and that you're staying strong and I appreciate your insight into the practice and your many years involved in it. Um, before we go, is there, would you like to leave us with a, a final note? Oh, no. Just everybody keep breathing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Laura, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing that, actually. I'm trying, to do that with, <laughs> I'm trying to do that with my mouth closed. I read the book Breath by James and Esther. I don't know if you've read that. I'm reading it. I'm oh, reading it my right gosh. Now. Isn't that awesome or what? And it I is, mean, but it's freaking me out. I know, and I became so aware how when I sleep at night, my mouth is wide open. I wake up all dry mouth, and I've been trying to yeah. keep my mouth shut. And it's it's <laughs> very hard. It's hard. Also, like it's very, it's really making me overthink a little bit. It's the same way someone said, "Do you know you turn your feet out and down dog <laughs> or something, and then you can't stop seeing it? You don't know how to hold yeah. your feet." I don't know how to hold my jaw anymore. <laughs> I, I know. Well, just last night I was laying there like wide awake going, just close your mouth and breathe through your nose. Um, but <laughs> but I read the book a couple months ago and I, and I kind of forgot about it. So last night as I was trying to relax and nose breathe, um, it, it reminded me like, oh yeah, that's right. Keep it simple. Keep, yeah. it, keep it simple. Okay, keep it simple. I got it. That's right. Let's both keep doing that. And I hope that I see you on a mat somewhere before too long. I agree, Laura. It's going to happen. Good. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode. It is a pleasure to have this opportunity. Thank you so much. Again, we appreciate your support. If you'd like to make a donation, you can find us on Venmo at Native Yoga Center. And remember, we have yoga classes via live stream in studio that you can access at nativeyogacenter.com. Have a great day and until next time.